thanks for bearing with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this was a yikes of an episode. I think <laughs> we should just name this episode Yikes. I'm down. Just yikes question. Yikes question mark. Yeah. And we dribble it. Yeah. Yeah. And we dribble it. Yeah. Yeah. And we dribble it. Yeah. We put some shots up and we dribble it. For ball we know, episode 43. It's Nate. It's a hop. And we're recording Thursday, March 14th. And uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna switch this episode up a little bit. How so? Well, we're going to do a test around here, see if our fans enjoy this more and maybe we get some more listens. 30 minutes to about 45 minutes. We're going to try to shorten the episode a little bit. So there's no time frame other than less than an hour, essentially. All right. Well, let's get into this then. Shooting for 30, though, probably. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, per usual, we're going to start the episode off with the for ball we know kicks of the week. And this week we got Mr. VC himself, Vince Carter, rocking some nasty, well, like four different colorways of the uh, Nike Shocks BB4 Player Edition. Uh, looking like some old man jam shoes for sure. Big facts. Big facts. <laughs> but like some like early 2000s, like kids used to wear them kind of thing, but now they're kind of outdated. They for sure don't make Nike basketball shoes with shocks on them anymore because it's like totally not good for your feet. And if they do, they're like inside the sole. They don't show them. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the colorways that really stood out to us were mainly the white with the purple raptor claw marks, which are just nasty. Um, that's essentially all it is, but it's like a really cool, I don't know, claw mark. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, the design is nice. And then he also this week wore black ones with the silver claw marks. And then if you click our link, there's two other colorways. They're just uh, standard. Yeah. UNC blue and then Atlanta Hawk red. (laughs) Sounds like Vince plans to wear this style of shoe for the remainder of the season. And he might be dropping some hints at the Raptors. If if he's going to play another season, maybe that's where he'd like to end it. That'd be so sick. It would that's be. Kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I was like, damn, you're going to pay homage to like another team while you're on a team. <laughs> it's like, that wouldn't even be a bad sign for the Raptors either. He would ask for the vet men and he would be good for the, your culture and he would contribute off the bench. Yeah. And if Kawhi leaves, he can like take over his spot and be your leading scorer. For so, sure. Average you, a cool 30 a night. Mm-hmm. You just win all <laughs> in every single way. Age 42. Just taking and, it to him. Age 42 averaging your age. That'd be lit. Ooh, I don't <laughs> think that's possible, but I like the sentiment. Yeah. Um, speaking of Raptors, there was a, a fight, and the Raptors are known for their fights. Well, the animal, you know, the bit dinosaur. Of, bit of a one-sided fight. <laughs> yes, a little bit of a blindsided fight. Uh, so the Raptors were playing the Cavs mm, Friday, Saturday night, Friday night, something like something that. Something like that. Um. Yeah, there was like a jump ball uh, on a Hail Mary pass before the half uh, between Marquise Chris and Serge Ibaka. And Serge kind of just fell. I think he might have been looking for a foul call. I don't know. It didn't look like a lot of contact. I think that's what he wanted. And then the next thing you know, Chris is like walking to the tunnel and Serge just gets up off the ground and just punches him in the back of the head. Just knocks him. Uh, Yeah, kind of a bitch move. I'm not going to lie. A little bit. A little bit. I would not mess with Serge Ibaka, though. That dude's low-key jacked. 
Yeah, and Chris is low-key low twig. Yeah, just a little bit. And uh, so, obviously, Chris turns around and starts swinging in a defense mechanism, I would imagine. I mean, I, I'm not just going to get punched. <laughs> exactly. Um, unless it's at work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I feel like that needs context, but it's more fun to not give it any. No, why would context be needed? You're right. So... Uh, Trump never gives context when he tweets. Whoa, not a politician, not a wow. political podcast at wow. all. Wow. Okay, so what was the outcome of this "quote unquote" brawl? Um, Ibaka got three game suspension, and Chris got one. And I'm not really sure if Chris deserved a game because he just kind of got blindsided and he was punching in defense, essentially. Kind of my thoughts on that. That's kind of what it looked like to me too. That was. This is the same kind of deal, though, right? Where, like, someone starts something and the other person reciprocates and it becomes both people are punished. I like that at least Chris gets less games, but this is the same kind of problem that I have with, like, the double T's. Like, what do you want Chris to do? If he walks away, he's just going to get punched in the back of the head again. So, only thing I could see is, like, they investigated further and found out he was part of it, too. Because, like, if you watch the video, he looks at Serge Ibaka as he's walking by. You can't really tell if he's, like, mouthing anything or if he's just kind of staring at him. Like, why does this dude just fall? And then then he looks away. So, he could have said something to him to provoke him. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if he did, then I guess one game makes sense. He has that kind of temperament. So, yeah. I will just end this little thing with a uh, go Huskies. <laughs> Good effort, Marquise Chris. Good effort. <laughs> and then uh, next up, we got some more drama. This time, verbal abuse as opposed to physical assault. <laughs> yes. Physical assault is a good way to describe that. Uh, what it was. Go ahead. Tell us about your guy. Tell us about your guy here. Uh, we've mentioned We've mentioned in the past that Russell Westbrook at times does not play nicely with fans. Uh, It's left up to debate sometimes whose fault this is. It seems this time that Russ was a little more on the receiving end, a little bit more of the victim. Um, However, I don't even know how to begin with this whole thing. Uh, You guys probably heard some about it, but Russ was arguing with some fan in the stands. It's clear that they are engaging each other in some way or another, but none of this really came out until after the game. This video surfaces of Russ on the sideline yelling at at the fan, and you can't hear much outside of Russ saying, quote, I'll F you and your wife up, mm-hmm. <laughs> unquote, which is super unchill, but like LMAO, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> after the game, Russ says that the fan said, quote, get down on your knees like you used to, end quote, um, which sounds to me like a homophobic insult. Um, I, I can totally see the racial connotations also that, that Russ referred to. Uh, regardless, not really an appropriate thing for a fan to be saying to a player or really for any human being to be saying to any other one <laughs> in this kind of context. Um, either way, it, Russ's reaction seems mostly justified, in my opinion. It, it, it lines up with his personality to, re- to fight fire with fire in that regard. I think he could have handled it better. Um, what do you think on that front? I don't know. There's, this is the this is the kind of thing that we're talking about so much this year. It's like, can't you just ignore it? You know, maybe if he didn't even give the fan attention at all in the first place, it wouldn't have ever been this bad. Because yeah. maybe that's maybe that's not the first thing the fan said to him. Maybe he said something else. Because the fan says that he said, you know, at first something about him icing his knees, or something, or even something else before that. And then Russ kind of like, you know, was laughing 
but this was just the fans take yeah and so and so then maybe from there on he's like oh you think that's funny and then kind of verbally assaulted him as you put it yeah um, so i mean you can't really know what was said on either end which is the problem you don't mm-hmm. know was was it russ's response that escalated it or was the fan really already saying some stuff that was pretty out of bounds um yes. we can't know however NBA Twitter does did what NBA Twitter does and uh, found this individual fan's Twitter, um, which this information kind of leads me to believe the fan may have been provoking more than he let on. Um, he had some tweets that seemed generally racist. Um, he had one that said <laughs> Russ should go back. Russ should go back to where he came from. Hashtag M A G A. Not a political podcast. And it isn't, but this is relevant, right? Um, <laughs> I know, just kidding. Um, he also had some not-so-kind words about uh, the Colin Kaepernick kneeling saga, which I think is also telling on, on this individual's beliefs and politics to some degree. Not to say that people who, who disagree with Kaepernick are inherently bad people or that they're racist or they're wrong, but uh, just the context of this guy's profile makes you ask some questions. Uh, the fan said he got his lawyer involved um, he, I don't know what his whole deal was. Do you know more about the lawyer or was that just kind of like a, a general he's, statement? It was a statement like before anything even happened. And then he said he was going to release a statement on behalf of his lawyer suit. And that just like never came. Huh. So this guy just might be full of smoke. I don't know. He could be, um, shortly after the jazz decided to ban this guy for life, which I think is funny. Um, and he probably deserved it in all honesty. Russ gets a 25K fine for directing profanity and threatening language to a fan. Um, Utah fans actually started a GoFundMe to raise 25K for charity, uh, sort of to redeem their fan base. They felt like this wasn't characteristic of, of them collectively. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how true that is because we see guys kind of consistently having these sort of run-ins with fans in Utah, but nevertheless. Um, and then some NBA players just had thoughts on on the situation personally uh, or i read the word personally uh notably donovan mitchell <laughs> who has a personal stake in it as a player in utah um he put out like an, a screenshot of notes from his his phone on twitter saying that he's personally hurt by the incident um he doesn't think that utah is a hateful place and that he enjoys playing there and he needs everyone to do better essentially um you have any other thoughts on that uh good for donovan mitchell i yeah. guess um, i don't know if you if you had more that he said that that i might have left out but no did you, i i might have missed it did you already mention the jazz what they did to this guy yeah they banned him okay yeah i just making sure before i said yeah, this next yeah. part i was gonna say uh the banning came i guess apparently according to them well that was a lot of just jumble of words um <laughs> that uh he was heard saying that by numerous fans to Russ. So I guess you can kind of lean more towards Russ's side and saying that this whole thing, everything he was saying was accurate like, yeah. or that Russ was saying about the fan was accurate. So that's speaks volumes. So good on the jazz and good on Donovan Mitchell. For sure. I, I guess my big question here is if you are racist, like if that is really what this guy is, how are you going to go to these games and root for your own team either? Because it's like 90% black dudes, mm-hmm. unless you're there strictly for like Joe Ingles or something. I, you don't have a lot to go on. No, Joe Ingles. Uh, Just saying. He's one of the white goats though. You know, I'm no dude can ball. That's like by no means a slight on Joe <laughs> Ingles, but like 
unless that is the only reason you're attending a game. Like, why are you there? If you don't like black people, why are you in an NBA game? I don't know. That's interesting. Just so you can do that because you're a bad human. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, anyway, speaking of bad humans, um, the Knicks owner, I think his name's James Dolan. Correct. Oh, how did I know that? Sweet. Uh, you're brilliant. Because <laughs> I have an NBA podcast. Duh. Yeah, it checks out. Uh, so he came on record today saying that uh, he can't, quote, see the fan being that cult said that he should sell the team being let back into Madison Square Garden. So that's another ban that went down. Uh, however, it was for, you know, way less of a punishment. <laughs> you got a jazz fan over here being racist or homophobic and just a flat out a jerk. And then you got this guy saying, like, you know, I think my opinion is on the status of the team is that you should sell it. <laughs> and this guy's like, no. You're banned for life, or until he actually does sell the team. That's so, like that's just like kind of ridiculous. Yeah, this dude's all in his feelings. He's got all this money, and he's just sad about one comment. I don't even want to know how many burner accounts he has. <laughs> if he's anything oh, like KD. <laughs> uh, speaking of KD, um, yeah, he's tied into this whole next conversation. Um, yeah. As it usually is. Speaking of these Knicks teams, Charles Barkley had an opinion on Kyrie Irving as well as KD saying, quote, you ain't tough enough to play in NY. Complaining about the media asking questions. Maybe New York isn't for them. <laughs> so, yeah, that checks so, out. Facts. <laughs> I mean, these are two guys that are easily provoked by the media and that just pretty consistently complain about the media and – New York and LA are two places you should avoid if that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, ironically to this statement, uh, Kyrie said something before the day before he apologized on his, uh, his actions as of late towards the media. So he says, the way I've handled things haven't been perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes that I take full responsibility for. I apologize. I'm a normal human being that makes mistakes. He said a few more things, but those were the highlights. Um, so I guess for me, when I saw this, I was like, I can give Kyrie some slack a little bit because he made a good point because uh, he went on to further say, I respect the ones that came before me, but they didn't endure social media. So I'm like, that's He has true. a point. Like, you, you know, you hold these players on high standards because of what came before them. But at the same time, NBA Twitter is an absolute beast. <laughs> Yeah, and it is a different world. There are so many things I wish that we could know about players from the past that just never even got to fans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All the scandals that never were. Yeah, see, exactly. Or were never announced. Or how they behaved, you know, when they weren't in the limelight, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some Instagram stories in the locker room and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Probably just got dudes smoking cigs at halftime and stuff. Facts, facts. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh... Moving on to our, one of our favorite parts of, this, of the podcast this is just talking about notable games and breaking them down a little bit and talking about futures of teams, yada, yada. That's what we do best. Uh, so the first one we want to talk about here is uh, happened on Friday, 3-8, when the last podcast came out, episode 42. Uh, the Nuggets and the Warriors 
And so it's interesting because people say, you know, the Nuggets are the team to beat the West right now. Maybe they've been playing pretty well. You know, I don't know. Are they first or second right now? Because they've been kind of going back and forth in the standings. But they have been. Yeah, I mean, it's the Warriors, though. It is. Okay. Um, So the Warriors, however, did beat the Nuggets 122-105. Quite a beat down. Yeah. Uh, Clay had 39. Just, you know, an average Jesus. clay night. Not a lot of other stats just because he doesn't dribble. Um, KD had 26 and 6 to add. Boogie had a measly 13, 6 and 6, <laughs> which for him is measly. <laughs> measly. <laughs> uh, on the other side, Jokic had 16, 6 and 4, which is kind of a quiet night for him. He's usually yeah, in the 20s. That is quiet. With some more, some he's more closer to a sure. triple double most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Malik Beasley though had a good game for I think he's a rookie still. Uh, he had seventeen, and then Paul Millsap only had nine and four, and Jamal Murray again small numbers for him eleven and three. So to me, like Jokic, you could probably get by with Jokic getting those numbers as long as Paul Millsap and Jamal Murray show up for sure. <clears throat> but if you know if they want to beat the Warriors, they definitely need Jamal. Murray and Paul Millsap to put up a little more than they actually did. So I was a little disappointed in that. I was hoping for a better game. You know? Yeah. Oh my God. Why I did agree. I think Malik Beasley he was a rookie? He was drafted in 2016. Idiot. <clears throat> I mean, that's not, not like, that's not like that long. I don't know. He just seems like he's young AF, which he could be. I mean, I would assume that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and more Warriors news. This is a game that was just last night on the 13th. Uh, the Warriors beat the Rockets without KD, which is another big game of note in that Western Conference. Um, despite the Nuggets being second in the standings, I think we would all agree that Houston is definitely more of a threat. Um, and it's always interesting to see how teams can play without a guy like KD in their lineup. But I think in this series this season it's been the team missing a guy that tends to win um so in kd's absence boogie had 27 8 and 7 clay went for 30 and 6 because he's just been on a hot streak and he's scary when he's like that steph with 24 4 5 harden on the other side a usual game for him 29 and 10 assists cp3 24 6 and 3 and capella with 13 and 13 which you know, it ends up being a big loss for the Rockets fighting for that three, four, five spot right now with, with Portland and Golden or excuse me, and OKC. So Yeah. So I was surprised by that game. Like I thought in what in what capacity? I thought that uh the Rockets would just take advantage of no K D for sure. <laughs> but oh well. Uh I guess we'll just kind of continue on this warrior train here. Uh it did not go well for them the whole week uh this sunday this past sunday 310 they uh they lost to the suns 115 to 111 so this kind of alludes to what we just talked about uh kd actually went out in this game with an ankle sprain with like six minutes left uh he had 25 on the night so he kind of put his you know his stamp on the game already um clay had 28 5 and 5 steph had 18 7 and 8 uh, so, I mean, decent numbers, you know, and then, <laughs> on the other side though, Devin Booker, he had a night, um, he was responsible for the final 13 points for the Suns, 
just clutch. Uh, he had 37, eight boards and 11 assists. So just an, you know, decent night for Devin Book. Uh, definitely not a all-star though. <laughs> yeah, this kind of just shows the Warriors' inconsistency of late. You don't really know what you're what you're gonna get from them. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, Kelly Oubre pitched in a nice 22 and five for them. So yeah, it's not bad. really interesting to see like the Suns beat them. I mean, obviously Book had like a career night or not a career night, but like a really good night. Quality night. Yeah. And so that's always going to be tough, but uh, they should probably still win that game. <laughs> Agreed. So moving right along, uh, this podcast is actually shorter than 30 minutes. It looks like uh, we're going to skip hip hoop here. Got a show with, with for ball. We know artist dive tonight. So got to be out of here in a timely fashion. Yeah, there is just, you know, the usual for ball we know scheduling issues. Um, <laughs> they happen from yeah, time to time. We're known for them, but, you know, you guys just don't know us for them because we don't talk about it much. Uh, so for this for ball we know, what do we hit, Nahop? We are just going to talk a little bit about our projected future for Golden State. Like we mentioned, they have been a little bit inconsistent of late, and I think these next couple of years could shake out a couple of ways. Um, what I'm really expecting is we're going to see KD leave this year. And as a result, well, Boogie's also gone. And I think that's going to free up money for them to re-sign Clay, who I think would be on the fence otherwise. And we're going to see a Draymond Green, who is right now really unhappy with his role in the offense, be able to step back into a role where he can contribute. And I think we're going to see a bit of a spike in his production. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I... It's going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason with the Warriors. I think that's like one of the most interesting storylines of all of basketball right now. For sure. Obviously, yeah. we know Boogie's leaving. Kerr said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they said they were going to get him his ring and send him on his way. And Draymond thinks he's worth more than he actually is. So well, he, I think he's also playing like he's worth less right now just because he doesn't have any room to operate. Yeah, I could, uh, I could see a situation where he takes a flyer on a team maybe for like a year. And then Trent and maybe they like check out how good he is if he's like more of a focal point, and then they realize he's maybe not as good he's as not. they thought. Yeah, and that his kind of his salary just tanks, and he goes back into the system that is Golden State and helps them win championships. Yeah, we'll see. He might be smart enough to just not leave, but I think if if Katie happens to stay, and so does Clay, I think he might start to feel a little bit trapped. Do they have enough money for that? Would, it, would either of them have to take a pay cut? One of them would have to, definitely. And I think Clay wants his money at some point because if he doesn't get it now, he never is. Yeah, he's playing at the top of his game. Like he's, It's only downhill from here, unfortunately. See, yeah. And I mean, it sounded, <laughs> he like, he would enter- it sounded like he would entertain that notion of going to L.A., but if, if there's room for him in Golden State, which I believe there will be if KD leaves, he really has no reason to leave because he's going to see the ball more. He's going to be able to play more of his game. Yeah, um, I just think I think Clay should leave, uh, and obviously KD should leave just because it's annoying at this point. <laughs> I don't think that's a good enough reason for them. I honestly would like to see KD somewhere else. I don't know where. I don't think New York would be a good spot for him, as Charles Barkley mentioned. Yeah, uh, for sure. So nicely put. And uh, I don't know. L.A. with LeBron might be too much. I don't think that would necessarily work out. Uh, I think we might be surprised. 
I think LeBron's willing to take a production cut if that was what it came down to. I think KD could be sick in Portland. Yeah, I would like that. I, I would think, watch that. I think that'd be really sick. Uh, but yeah, Clay should definitely go to LA or Boston or you know somewhere that just needs a shooter really. And a, for sure. obviously defensive guy as well. Maybe even OKC if for some reason. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that, that works out. I don't know. I don't know if he'd ever be attracted interesting. to that. Yeah, I just think that team, it's time to disband them. They've had their, you know, their dynasty. Uh, Steph playing together for like eight years. Yeah. Steph at this point. Obviously, Steph's going to stay his whole career. There's no way they're yeah. letting him go. For sure. He started the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I think that's. It's going to be really fun to see what happens this summer. I think this is going to be one of the more fun off-seasons this summer. Definitely. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll be busy. <laughs> Perhaps. I hope so. And, yeah, like we mentioned, short episode, that's it. That's the show. Uh, more, Sorry. Of, more of like an opening act. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way. It does. Um, but thanks for listening anyway. Hopefully next week we'll have a longer show. We'll be back with some, with some March madness breakdowns from Nate next week. I would like to maybe try a a 30 to 45 again, but like not like an actual 30 to 45 and not a 26, not not a 26, like a 35 to 40, maybe. Yeah. It checks out. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us support make sure to review us five stars like us uh follow us on instagram at for ball we know subscribe so you know when episodes are live this one's going live at 3 45 in the morning because that's when i'm waking up tomorrow sick nasty (laughs) so uh yeah we'll see you next week um for nate for hop adios whoa See ya. <laughs> Man, I'm 75 and still alive. Like, damn, it went fast. I know somewhere up above my father's having a laugh. Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math. And every time I'm looking dumb because I ain't listening to the man. And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap. And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at. I said, son, go get that bond. Let me show you who you are. I said, this is my legacy. I leave it for you. And it's something that's a part of me now, a part of you too And it's more than just a game, and it's more than just a sport If there ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man I handed in the rock like I put the world in his hands And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah And now he's dribbling, yeah He put some shots up and he's dribbling, yeah